Hi, this is Kalia. And this is Chris. And this is It's, it's a, a Queer, queer thing. thing. On this show, we focus on politics, civil rights, news, and entertainment. And on this show, we have special guests and interviews focusing on issues relevant to the LGBTQ plus community. So let's get to it. Coming back to KFCF 88.1. It's a queer thing on the third Friday of every month. That's right. Just a reminder that I am Kalia and that is Chris. We've got guests in the studio and a great show coming up for you. And this radio station and all of its programs are listener supported. So you're listening because you love us, because you like this radio and you want to support the radio. I know you do. And the way that you can do that is you can make a monthly pledge. Actually, you could make a yearly pledge. You can make any kind of pledge your little heart desires. You can do so at www.kfcf.org. Just click the big donate button. You like us. You really like us. If you'd rather do it on the phone, you can call the local pledge line at 559-892-GIVE or 559-892-4483. Threes. We don't have a jingle yet, but we should we should have a jingle for that. A jingle I feel like. for the for the yeah, phone for the number? phone number, you know, like oh. eight nine two give. I don't know. Oh well there it is. There it is. We're done. I'm not singing, so it's all um, yours. Executive producer credits can be credited to Kalia Metcalf dot org. Oh wow. For okay. Sure. Her meds have today. kicked in. All right. So <laughs> So it's the caffeine is sitting on the table, that's is. for sure. Yeah, a big one, too. Halloween, what are you doing? Oh, my gosh. I, there's like three or four parties. There's What's your a lot of stuff. I have three costumes right now. Okay. Um, because Split personality? Well, or? I can't always decide until the last minute. Plus, I have to have the costume where I sit on the porch and give out candy. I have to have the costume for, like, the adult party. I have to have the costume for volunteering at a school. I have to, you know, they, you got to have a range of I don't things. know, but I believe you. Yes, yeah. it's true. So one of the costumes that I'm the most proud of, because it's so simple and will make me so comfy is Rosie the Riveter. I'm very oh, excited. Oh, very cool. Okay. And, you know, the whole thing. I'll get to wear comfortable shoes. So none that's of the exciting. kids will know who you are, but uh, for sure. that's for the it's adult for party, them. I'm yeah. assuming. Okay. Uh, actually, for the adult party. Oh, here, give it to us. Give it to us. Something a little bit skimpier. And um, I'm going to be the queen of hearts. I have oh, okay, crown. like from I've Alice got, in Wonderland? Well, just a general queen of hearts. Or a trampy queen of hearts. I mean, I would prefer the word slutty, but oh, whatever okay. well, works for I, you. I what about not, you, Chris? What are you going to be for Halloween? I don't dress up for Halloween. You are I, such a Scrooge. I don't. Oh, I love Halloween, but uh, I'm not a trick-or-treater, and I'm not that fond of the kids. You know that. You're not so. going to any parties? Um, I don't know. No, I, I feel it. bad. Should I invite you to one of the you parties? You didn't, so it's already over. The conversation is <laughs> over. So. They're not my parties. As I'm, I'm listening invited. to you talk about the parties I'm not invited to, I'm just, I have a few words well, in my mouth. But. You know what? One of the parties is a kickball party, and you are a part of the kickball experience. Oh, well, there so you go. There That's you go. True. You should come to the kickball I'll bring, party. I'll bring tequila. That sounds, or cucumber vodka. 
Okay. Oh, that too. I can bring the cucumber vodka. So if you went, let's say we went as superheroes. Uh huh. What would you, if you could have any superhero power in the world, what would you, what would you choose? You know, I honestly don't think that I should be trusted with that amount of power. I agree, but I wanted to give you an opportunity. <laughs> um, I would love to have healing powers. I am a little oh, under the weather right now. Oh, isn't that just sweet? I would sweet. really like to feel oh, better. Oh, just to heal yourself. Okay. Yes. Oh, I, I see. Mean, the rest of the world too. Too. Yeah. 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 Desperate. Yeah, that would be really cool. Mm, okay. Telekinetics would be fun too. I could like pick things up and like throw, throw them, them at people. Yeah, yeah. So you're violent and you're healing in the same way, in the yes, same phrase. I, okay. I contain multitudes, Chris. You're, Thank you. You are. What about you? Complicated. Superpower. I would have invisibility because, no. yeah, I, there's so much you can do with that. You can sneak up on these crooked politicians and reveal them for who they are. You know, find out what they're really talking about behind the scenes. And I won't tell you about the other stuff you could do if oh, you're invisible. I can but only that. Imagine. Yeah, I can too. That's why I'd want invisibility. <laughs> That's so creepy. Oh, wow. That's a creepy superpower. Why is that creepy? Did you, you... not see Hollow Man? Well, I'm not going to be that character. Mm-hmm. I think I think every invisible man... No, I would use it literally... for good. Oh, you okay. You know what they say about good. power, though, right? It corrupts. It corrupts, yeah. yeah. Mm. But it's invisible power. It's different. Okay. If you say so. <laughs> All right. So we have some special guests on the show today. We have Alicia Arkelian. Ar- right? I knew I'd screw it up. Kaylee, I thought she'd screw it up, and well, I screwed I, it up. I have it written and, phonetically and, right here. Okay. And Amy Braun. Yes, that's right. And they are um, realtors, real estate agents, really, really into reality. Tell us who you are and what you do. My name is Amy Braun, and I've been a realtor for about nine years now. Uh, I enjoy helping everyone from first-time home buyers to multi-million dollar um, home uh, dream dream homes, and uh, I. I am on the board of directors here for the Alliance because I feel it is very important that everyone it's fair for everyone and that um, everybody has an equal opportunity to own Yay, a home. Yeah, That's absolutely. Awesome. Okay. And Alicia? And Alicia? Um, Yes, uh, Lee Sharkellian, a realtor in my seventh year, and uh, specializing in helping people with residential real estate, sell, buy, in, invest. As Amy said, love to help people with their real estate needs. We have a Central Valley chapter of the Alliance here. I'm the current president of the Central Valley chapter, out there fighting the good fight Yeah. Uh, for fair housing for all. So tell us what the, the official name of the alliance is and what its mission statement is. The official name is the LGBTQ plus real estate alliance organization. It is a national organization that was formed uh, during the pandemic, uh, June 2020. Our uh, chapter here was formed in October 2020. I always give credit where it is due. Jane Smits, who is our current vice president, she was our original president of this chapter. She was instrumental in getting the chapter up and going here. And this goes to, uh, like to talk about the Alliance's uh, vision, mission, uh, statements, values, and core beliefs. And under the core beliefs, we were formed, I'll just briefly touch on this because this isn't what we're here to talk about today, is we came into um, being as an organization uh, due to a former organization that is now dissolved. Um, There, 
56 members of that original organization. Some things were taking place in that original organization that were of concerns, and um, when those uh, were addressed or asked, there was more concerns about the way things were um, said or not said and handled. So, so you formed a new organization. Formed yeah. a new organization. Yeah. Right. And um, it was formed, it was launched, I'll just read right here, uh, to provide unity and transparency for the community through a legitimate organization. Um, going to our core belief, um, our organization is about accountability, leadership, and a practice of transparency for all members of our community. All voices need to be heard um, and, and seen. The Alliance's vision statement, again, is fair housing for all. Um, our mission statement is to advocate, elevate, and celebrate. So um, we as an organization, um, we advocate for fair housing for all and to promote LGBTQ home ownership. And elevating that part of our mission is for per our profession. And we do that um, professionalism in the industry through uh, networking and education. And then we celebrate diversity and inclusion in all of our members and our allied partners. Um, so we have our membership. We have 25%. About 25% right now is allies. And we like to refer to strong allies. Awesome. Okay. Um, That's great. So basically you help LGBT people find homes and then go through the whole process of the home buying, you know, whole system. I bought a house a couple, <laughs> well, it's, it's been uh, eight years couple, ago. Yeah. yeah. Eight years ago. And it was, it was a lot. There was so mm -hmm. much paper and there was so much to think about and to, to, and to decide so you're there to kind of hold hands of people in a safe place who might feel like they're not as accepted in a regular loan office or a title company is that kind of what i'm getting is it more for the customer yes on that end okay. um, it is and um i mean because the process buying and selling can be daunting for anybody yeah oh yeah and then at times, our community has the extra layer, unfortunately, of dealing with discrimination um, and not understanding maybe about some of our needs and especially certain sectors of our community um, that they need to be able to um, have members of the community that um, they, they feel safe. As you said, they feel safe. They don't need that in addition to already dealing with the process of buying and selling homes. So I saw on your on the website for the Alliance that the law currently allows discrimination against LGBTQ plus people in 27 states. I think, you know, we talk about this all the time, how we feel secure in California because we have so many rights here. But in 27 states right now, they can they're allowed to discriminate against how, how are they allowed to discriminate against us there, there's not protections so does that so, mean like like the the seller of the house can say well i'm going to put my house on the market but no gay couples are allowed to to i won't take an offer from any gay couple is that the, the kind of example that it could be and okay. honestly not being in those other states i don't know how far that goes okay. you know for certain states um but the yeah, the protections just are not there. There's only 19 states that has protections. Yeah, it says here that um, the 
laws do not include protection for sexual orientation or gender identity as protected classes in these 27 states. And the law allows legal discrimination in 27 states, which can cause barriers to homeownership, obtaining a loan, renting and more. So it might be very simple, just as simple as uh, queer couples don't want to go look for a house together because they're going to be identified Mm -hmm. as queer couples and in those states they're not protected so that's where you guys can step in as queer are all of you have 25 percent allies of your real estate agents and the rest of you are queer is that how it goes okay right right. now 25 percent we are uh pushing four thousand members strong against uh, throughout the whole united states um we right now here in california have nine chapters so we're just continuing to grow um, we are right now the majority are realtors but it's for any professionals in the real estate profession so, so answer that question because i know people won't know because i didn't know until at some point on i asked somebody tell us the difference between a real estate agent and a realtor uh, so realtors have um from the national association of realtors uh, we have a code of ethics okay that we have to adhere to um and in particular article uh 10 it deals with discrimination um, of any kind or just L- or LGBTQ or any kind, race, all, anything. Any, any yeah. of the protected okay. classes. Okay. And um, so I always like to say, I, I hope we don't need those code of ethics to no, be ethical, no. but, you know. <laughs> it is so, what it is it in is, this country yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, there are standards that um, we have. Yeah. So I'm assuming in some of these states, they can, they, these couples may go to maybe just rent an apartment or a house or buy and uh, just be turned down if they're going to rent an apartment without give, being given a reason, and it might be because they're queer. Mm-hmm. Have you guys run into people like that? I an example of okay. when my ex-wife and I were in 2001, we were buying a house, and the real estate agent, I'll say real estate agent, uh, didn't seem to acknowledge our relationship. He was uh-huh. like, well, why do you have to both come at the same time? Or, well, she's at work. Why can't you just come and see the house? And just different disrespectful yeah. things mm-hmm. that really were rather annoying and troublesome. Um, do you think they knew you guys were a couple? Oh, we and, told them. Oh, you told yeah, them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They we That we were both applying on the loan and uh-huh. that, every, that we were a couple. Yeah. I was just wondering, is this person just clueless or are they? No, no. They yeah. were that sounds prejudiced. like one of those yeah, yeah. not so subtle passive-aggressive microaggression things. Yes. Right, and which can just uh, halt people from even entering the process because they don't want to feel that pressure. Well, right. speaking of that, there's a stat right here that says the LGBTQ community has one of the lowest home ownership rates in comparison to minority groups. So mm-hmm. that's you know, kind of staggering, especially since in our community, you know, there's a U-Haul joke for a reason, right? You know, <laughs> but uh, that's just lesbians. <laughs> Yes, true, but still, like, but, you know, the point stands that, like, there's this conception that they're going to be buying houses and settling down, but actually it's it's hard for lesbian couples and gay couples to, to actually go through the process of buying a house and settling down. I think so. another part of that is that, you know, we, we were just given the federal uh, marriage 
protection in 2015. Mm-hmm. So it's only been nine Eight. years. Yeah, yeah not yes. nine. <laughs> Doing the math. Okay, yeah, it's not, I'm too late in the day for math. But I mean, so people aren't necessarily, I hear all the time from people in the gay community, well, I don't even want marriage, even though it's available. So they may not be wanting to move to, in together, get married, have a house, all that. So we're still playing that catch-up game, I think. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. Well, and the housing market being what it is right now. So you guys can probably speak to this, but I heard on the news this morning that the interest rates are like at an all-time high since the year 2001 at seven and something percent. So what are the trends for just the general real estate market for the LGBT community that you guys are seeing? In Fresno, what are you seeing? Real quick before we answer that, I'm going to go back to the stats. Uh-huh. So overall, home ownership is 65% of that overall. That's everybody, 65%? Yes, yeah, okay. so overall umbrella of um, homeowners. And then within that 65% of home ownership, 74% is uh, w- the white community. And uh, after that is uh, for Asian and American Pacific Islanders is 59% Hispanic community um, is at 49%. LGBTQ plus is at 49%. And then um, at 44% is the black community. So mm. that's the breakdown of the home ownership rate. Which we know that the black community still faces discrimination yeah. in yeah. real estate, as we have all seen on the news the in the last few years. Yeah, yeah. Major issue. yeah. As for trends, did you want to take it? Yeah, what's going on in Fresno with the housing market now? You know, um, we are still seeing multiple offers in a lot of cases. Some cases we're seeing that they're um, sitting on the market for a little bit longer. People have started adjusting to the higher interest rates. In the long term, overall, you know, 18% my grandma had on her home um, back in the 80s. So overall, they're not all that high. I mean, I I just recently bought an investment home and I'm paying seven and a quarter percent. It's very painful and it's very... I mean, but historically that might be a low number, but it's still a, a high number for a lot of people. Right. Yeah, for yeah. my for my age, for it is. Yes. Right, yeah. right. I'm only forty. Just kidding. <laughs> Fifty one. <laughs> um, so look, I love honesty. <laughs> Here's for queer honesty, people. (laughs) Different generations. And I'll jump in to to say that, yes, we could sit here. You you know, you hear these sound bites. It's right now. It's for some people. It's starting to push up to 8%. Yeah. 23 year high. Yeah. That that is high. When people are just recently seeing two and three percent, which I always ask, do you know what it took to get a two and three percent interest rate? World pandemic. Right, right. My crystal ball is broken. It's in the fix and shop. I'm not sure it'll ever come out. <laughs> yeah. So will we ever see two or three percent again? Who knows? Doubt it. Yeah. But yeah. but who knows? Um, four, five. Mm-hmm. That that's reasonable. I'm no economist, but mm-hmm. from everything that I study and listen to, needing to to be able to be an effective realtor and help people, um, at some point, you know, they will come down. With all of that said. So you could sit here and say, yes, historically, um, you know, seven, eight percent. That's great. Because as you said, in the 80s, 17 or 18 percent was seen at one time. Common, yeah. 
I will go further and say housing um, prices. So back in 2009, we had the reverse. It crashed at 20%. By the way, market's not crashing. It can't. We don't have inventory. So, but what just happened in the last couple of years, historically, home homes appreciate four to five percent a year the last couple of years um in our area we saw 17 and 18 percent that's insane that's not sustainable so when you have now just had interest rates that were at two and three percent and under a year or seven and possibly pushing eight percent and you have had homes appreciate that quick boy it really pushes out who can buy are they appreciating that quick because there's not enough inventory not enough inventory and what's the reason for that is that there's still left over from the pandemic and construction and all that way way back it's uh, Boy, that's a whole other thing that we can talk about. But we are so far behind on um, home building and everything else. Um, Do not quote me on this. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, we are like several million short of homes. And I think that's just in California alone. That's not going to fix Overnight, So I always tell people something can happen in the world tomorrow that can change everything. So who knows? We're just dealing with reality. What's yeah, right here what and the now. Pandemic would do. It changed yeah. the world. So so it is. So for anybody, it, it um, you know, overall, it could really um, challenge, be challenging to buy homes right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you find that? Because I, I mean, I've had my home for many, many years, and my home is actually paid off now, so I'm thrilled with that. But it took me a long time to do that. But I used to be a landlord, and I used to rent out a duplex, and you know, we sold that property in 2008 because of the crash, and we it was going down in value every single day, and we sold it. But the rents that I was charging back then are nothing compared to what the rents are now. Do you find that people are saying, "Why am I throwing away fifty"? $1,500 on an apartment when I can go get a house. Very much so. Yeah. Yes. When the rent prices are the same as almost what your monthly payment would right. be for a home for a to get that equity yeah. and whatnot, property tax write off. There's all kinds of perks to home ownership, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's just. So yeah, you're facing that where frustrated. people are like, let's get a house, but the inventory is not there and the interest rates are going mean, to. It's just. Right. Yeah, our seems- house doubled in value from eight years ago when we bought it, but we couldn't afford to buy anything else. So mm-hmm. what's the point? Mm-hmm. We'll just keep it. It's fine. Um, I noticed that there's another little wonderful statistic over here, and I'm going to quiz Chris because I like to do that. So, Chris, what are the cities with the highest? percentages of LGBTQ people and um, there's five listed here and I okay. will give you San Francisco. No, don't give okay, me fine. anything. Go ahead. San Francisco. <laughs> okay. New York. Yep. Chicago. Yep. LA. Yep. Ooh. And man, that's four. Yeah, yeah. Um, one more. This is the one, one that more. surprised me. Uh, something in the south. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't say gay. It's Miami. Oh my God! Seriously, <laughs> that's what it I says. I wasn't right going here. that far south. That's I mean, pretty uh, south. It's as south as you can Miami. go. Miami. That makes sense, though. It does. It yeah. does. Yeah. So that's interesting. So we're kind of those all are like, all the old gays that go there now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, and okay. Uh, no. So Florida. Florida. 
There we go. Okay. Um, So is there anything else you guys want to tell us? We're about almost out of our time, but is there anything you want to tell us about the Alliance? How can people find out more information? Yeah, how do people reach you guys if they're an LGBTQ or queer couple and they're saying, I don't want to go to a traditional real estate agent. I want to go to somebody who in my community. We actually very recently, the Alliance has launched a public-facing website, and it's um, called LGBT plus the word plus homes.com so they can uh lgbt plus homes.com yes okay so they can find us um that way um and then we have uh the uh realestatealliance.org our national website um if i don't know if you're sharing our information they can get a hold of us um that way our chapter right now it's it's big it started out as the fresno chapter um but as uh but we are now up to sacramento and up to uh, down to bakersfield wow um it's really big and that can be challenging so as we build up membership you know we're hoping to be able to um uh, break off and form more chapters so we're just you know for for literally traveling purposes and whatnot it's it's easier so since you, um, you know, the alliance has only been around since 2020 mm-hmm. so i mean it hasn't been around that long so people probably don't know that you guys are even out there right and we're that is we're on a mission to get the word out not only for our um, professionals so that we know and we can help each other but for our community mm-hmm. yeah um, i think when i i think i met you at pride this year yes, the and festival. i had no idea that this mm-hmm. kind of an organization was out there i mean i yeah. would i mean i had good experience with my realtors but mm-hmm. i would have loved to have gone through a queer realtor just not only to feel supported but to give the business to our to, own community exactly. as well yeah do you guys have a social media presence yes okay mm-hmm. you on instagram facebook to what where, where your instagram i'm at a a r a k e l i a n underscore realtor okay and on facebook if you don't know it, we'll, we'll yeah, get it and get we'll back share to you, it. Because I'm just so used to clicking no, away. No, that's okay. Oh, okay. We'll okay. share it in the notes sure of the yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you guys thank for you. being here. Thank okay. you, Amy. Thank you, thank you Alicia. And uh, we'll share all your information on the show notes. And uh, we're so glad that you came to tell us about this uh, organization that we didn't even know about. Thank you for having us. Thank you you for having us. And yes, if anybody wants to reach out, we'd love to talk to them because there is so much more to talk about. Yeah, and I know Alicia's at all the uh, LGBTQ events I've been to recently. So she's Mm -hmm. all over the place. So, Amy, we just got to get you out there, too. That's right. Come out for kickball tomorrow. Oh, kickball. (laughs) We have a friend that every time we say kickball, she's supposed to do a shot. So she's already on the floor. So, <laughs> All right, guys. Thank, thank you so you. much. Actually, let's talk about one of those local LGBT events where we met Alicia. I'm pretty sure it was at the, um, the roundtable that happened in August. And then there was another roundtable that happened just recently. That well, the first one was a town hall. A oh, town hall. You're right. I'm sorry. Yes. And then the roundtable happened. I, 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 it was a 
town hall that was a world cafe. If you remember, we all wrote things on pieces of paper and we did. Hung them up all and over the rooms. from that event that we had a hundred people at, I think mm-hmm. somewhere around a hundred. From that event, a plan was formulated about what the goal of this group was going to be and how we wanted it to go forward. So we wrote right. on all the whiteboards. You know, what do you think the LGBTQ community should be speaking to or doing? And there was a lot of activity. So then we got that information, and I have it right here. You're right, World Cafe. I forgot it was called that. That's right. But there were things like mental health, substance Mm -hmm. abuse, uh, end-of-life care, retirement village, youth students, um, LGBTQ education in schools, et cetera, et cetera. The main thing that came out of that uh, meeting was that we thought we need a resource page Mm -hmm. because a lot of us in the community have been in the community for a long time. We know each other, but there's other people we don't know. We're not always sure what every group does or what their resources are. You and I know from running a community center for many years that you get these calls like, I have a trans child and they ran away and now they might be homeless and where do we send them? And so it's really important for us to all keep our connections going there. Or... I'm a lesbian couple and I want to buy a house. Are there gay there realtors? There you go. That Another, we, yeah, yeah, exactly. So now are they working on a... Because you just attended a meeting last week. We had a roundtable on Tuesday. Okay. Um, 54 people attended this one. Mm-hmm. Some of that might been have been the time of the event. It was 3.30 to 5.30 on a yeah. Tuesday afternoon. We met at the EOC uh, LGBTQ Center. And at that meeting, we talked again about where this organization needs to go. Um, we decided at the end of that meeting we would have another meeting in December and we were going to have quarterly meetings after that. So the main thing we decided again was we need a resource page. There used to be a, a publication in town called the Pink Pages. Was that involved with Community Link? Was that a project? It was project? a project of okay. Community Link. Yeah. And we, we all used it. Um, we used it at the center. Uh, it was a hard copy paper uh, pamphlet brochure mm-hmm. uh, booklet that showed, talked about all the LGBTQ um, supportive businesses in town, the organizations, the nonprofits, et cetera. The problem with a physical book is it has to be printed. That's yeah. expensive. And the minute you print it, some of it's out of date. Exactly. So we talked about how this needs to be a digital um, animal that lives okay. somewhere that we can all have access to. There was some confusion about who's going to run it. We said, at least I said at this meeting, I don't think any one of the organizations in this room should be running it. I oh, think I agree. we as a group, whether we have three or four people running it and the information funnels through us to a digital format of some kind mm-hmm. so that if us or like Drew at PFLAG or somebody at TransEmotion needs to uh, find a resource, they can pull it up online and find it. So mm-hmm. we're going to work on developing that. And then there was also talk about subcommittees, mm-hmm. which was a very lively conversation at the roundtable. These subcommittees would be concentrated on certain aspects of the community, such as maybe trans violence in the trans community, you know, hate crimes. Um, Some would be on the resource directory. Some would be working on community events so that we could all have a centralized place where all our community events are planned. Community calendar. Yeah, because like like Tracy mentioned, who's with Community Link, you know, when when and you know this, when we plan an event, it's good to know what everybody else is doing so we're not stepping on each other. Yeah. Um, 
don't have two or three big events going on on one day because it's a large community, but you want... you it's want It's only so big. It's only yeah. so big and you yeah. want people to participate. Well, and you don't want people to get, you know, event fatigue too, you know? Which or, we talked about, which was June this year. Yeah. There was so much pride going on this that we, we a few of us said, yeah, it was exhausting. There right. Was, but I mean, it's good to have a variety of things because not everybody's going to want to hit everything. But I also think that it's important to like know that the, like the fundraising things, if they're spread out a little bit, then you're not being asked to donate on Friday and on Saturday and on Sunday. Right, and then right, nobody's right. asking you for money for three more months. Like some of us, that's not how our finances work. You yeah. Know? And so. another part of this conversation was we want to know who all the groups are, the, the other nonprofits. Mm-hmm. We want to know if we give our money to a certain nonprofit here in Fresno that it's being funneled back into the community in some way. Um, so we want to know about each other's operations, about what you're doing with the money that you get. Um, we did not talk at this event about, uh, we know that Robin McGee is now the Fresno City uh, LGBTQ yep. liaison. She- and listeners, we did a great interview with her. That she, um, that episode dropped last week, so you can go and listen to her explain all about that job and yeah, what it entails. There's lots of detail in that episode, so go listen to it. Um, but the city will, they've, they've allotted $200,000, $100,000 to the EOC uh, center, which has already mm-hmm. been designated for them. And then another 100000 or so, you know, it's not set in stone yet for other groups and organizations in town. So we didn't get into that at this meeting because this was not about that. Mm-hmm. But people are already talking about that. And as Robin told us in our in our podcast, maybe in January, some of that might be decided. So, so our next meeting for this uh, mm-hmm. group, which doesn't have a name yet, but I hope we get a name soon because it seems more co- cohesive if we are a group of, yeah. uh, as opposed to just individuals or nonprofits. Oh, and one of the things we brought up was when we move forward, which again, our next meeting is in December, the date hasn't been set yet, but uh, do we want only organizations to be part of this Mm. alliance or do we want individuals to be part of this alliance and we had a quick vote with hands um uh, i don't think the count was actually taken but that's part of what we want to decide in december which side was was it leaning towards i think it was pretty split really yeah what do you think I think anybody should be allowed to be. I actually agree. I I think so, too. I I fear that if it's only groups or nonprofits, then they begin to control based on, you know, we're people. We tend to control based on what Uh, we want. Power corrupts. Right. Power corrupts. (laughs) But also, I think that this is a good way of getting the lay person involved. You don't have to be a part of of an official organization to still care about your community. And maybe you have a couple hours to devote to something or you have a skill set or, you know, you're part of something and you want to be yeah, and we had a, we also had a conversation a about the fact that we now have an lgbtq plus liaison in in city government that hopefully will bring more people to the table that you know didn't want to join an organization and didn't know if we had any power in fresno but they may see this as a big step forward and now we have a voice come out and and help us speak it Okay, great. Well, you know, we will definitely, listeners, keep you informed at the date and time of that next meeting once it gets established. And since you're not an official group yet, and there's there's no, like, really official website or email for that, of course, if you have any questions, you can email us and Chris directly at it's a queer thing, T-H-A-N-G, at gmail.com, and we will make sure that we get the answer 
or your question. Yeah, to if you. you if this next meeting is going to be like from six to nine or six to eight, whatever, it's going to be in the evening, so it'll be more accessible to people. So email us at it's a queer thing t h a n g if you want information about when that meeting finally is solidified with a date and time. Right, and keep an eye on our social media. I'm sure we will be posting Absolutely. about it. Yeah, as yeah. A, so speaking of local events, can we talk about the Rainbow Wonderland LGBTQ scholarship event, or as I called it in my text to you, gays in the garden. Gays in the garden. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So that happened on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the the party that uh, at the end of the campaign. Not the the campaign's not over. You can still give money, but the end of our initial campaign uh, to raise funds for an LGBTQ two plus scholarship at Fresno State. I'm happy to report. We have raised over fifty thousand dollars. So, yeah, big ding to that. So, not only did we raise the twenty-five thousand that we were initially needing to even have a scholarship program, we raised fifty thousand, which means it's endowed, which means it will go on and on and on. Yay. So, uh, there were three hundred and eighty-five people at this event. Amazing. Um, I hosted it with uh, Paul Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Um, we had drag performances. We had uh, artistic performances. From from like uh, Fools Collaborative and things like that. We had live singers, we had drag performers, we had speeches, um, we had uh, um, officials there, um, we had Annalisa Perea there, we had Carol Goldsmith there, we had the mayor was supposed to be there but didn't wasn't able to make it. Um, but this is a big deal. This is historic that uh, Fresno State will have its first LGBTQ2 plus scholarship program and that we have raised enough money to endow it. But don't let that stop you from donating. And we'll post links on our site about how to do that. You can still give money. Wonderful. Do you know, um, and maybe you don't because I'm just throwing this out, the scholarship, how it's awarded? Is it an essay writing contest? Is it That I don't know don't because know? Okay. it hasn't, it's it hasn't literally, really it's just now starting. being created. Okay. So I'm sure cool. we will be able to find that out in the future. I'm really excited to see how this goes. It's amazing the strides that have been made between this and actually having the minor at Fresno State and LGBTQ studies. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, considering what's going on in the country, you know, all the book bans, the book censorship, Mm -hmm. the don't say gay programs, the restricting of transgender health care. I mean, across the country, um, they are going after us. And even in California, it's happening, too. We went to the Clovis School Board meeting where they were trying trying to out trans students. You actually went to the Oakhurst (laughs) School Board meeting. I did not. Oh, okay. I was was going to, but I I came down with COVID. (laughs) Oh, yes, you had COVID. And I yeah, had another second. So I couldn't one go. Of us went. Um, but somebody gave us a recap, right? We yeah. Have so Lexi Jenkins Nice Nice. Lexi, I apologize for butchering your last name there, but she is at Fresno State, and she was the one that connected me to this event. And uh, I did submit a statement. Okay, um, give a little bit of background for our listeners to know what it so was happening. So this, in uh, there was a group in uh, Oakhurst that sent a letter that said this. Um, it said other things, but this was one of the things. It said, bring parents, guardians into the decision-making process, including, but not limited to, the mental health and social-emotional issues of their children at the earliest possible time in order to prevent or reduce potential instances of self-harm. Um, and basically what they're saying is that 
that if a child is requesting to be identified or treated as a gender other than the student's, and I'm quoting here, other than the student's biological sex or gender listed on the student's birth certificate or any official records. This includes any request by the student to use a name that differs from their legal name uh, or to use pronouns that do not align with the student's biological sex or gender listed on the student's birth certificate or other official records. So, so then they would tell the parents, They would right? tell the parents, That's basically. That. The minute a student says, you know, I want to use they as a pronoun or I need to use this bathroom other that name. matches my gender, yeah. the parents were uh, uh, immediately notified. Now, Clovis is doing this subversively in a in a, a site plan. Site plan. That's what go. it was. Yeah. And uh, they would write uh, the parent and say, this is what's happening with mm-hmm. your student and thus outing the trans students. So that's what the Clovis school board meeting was all about. So this one, again, I didn't go, but Lexi gave me a little report on it. She said um, the Bass Lake United School District includes several elementary and middle schools, and they proposed a parental notification policy. It was read for the first time at the school board meeting on August 16, 2023. The policy would require to notify parents, guardians within three days of several instances, including uh, um, if a student is requesting to be identified, as I just said. She said about roughly about 35 people spoke. Only about one third were opposed to the policy. Those who were there those who were were used were there for religious reasoning claimed that the students were lying to parents and trying to secretly transition children. So again, they're blaming it's so frustrating to even address this because they, they're acting like this is some subversive act, but we're trying to keep information from parents. And what the schools are trying to do is protect trans kids. And it's actually in our constitution in California that they have the right to privacy. Yeah, well, and it's interesting because the first part of what you read, you know, oh, let parents be involved in the emotional and physical well-being of their children at the signs of, you know, distress or mental illness. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. If my kid is cutting themselves or if my kid, you know, is having a panic attack or whatever, I need to know so I can help them. But they're equating gender you know identity with right. a mental illness and right. it's not it's and not. that's that's the problem like i'm all for parents being involved in their children's lives you know but also we have to remember that you know if a kid is closeted at home there's a freaking reason that they're closeted yeah at home. And, and, and some of us said this at the clovis school board meeting was uh, and it was evident from the parents that got up there and spoke and they seemed very territorial over their kids not one parent got up there and said you know um, i'm i'm concerned about my kid they all said i'm concerned about my rights as yeah, a parent me, me, me. Yeah, yeah me 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 um so we said uh if they're not reporting this to their parents or coming out to their parents there's probably a very good reason they're not doing it. Either the parents have never opened up the conversation or they're afraid their parents will kick them out of the house, which happens. We know about that. Yeah. So Lexi also said, I'm sorry. I was just going to say a huge percentage of uh, the homeless population, of youth homeless population is because of LGBT reasons. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's yeah. been for very, very many years now. 40 people emailed letters to the board in Bass Lake. Um, 14 people were for the policy. 26 were opposed. After about an hour and 15 minutes of public comment, the board shared their opinions, three board members explained that they were opposed to this policy because of the potential legal issues. They're afraid of getting sued. 
which is probably going to happen if they do it, and the financial burden that would accompany it. Um, So after consultation with legal counsel and further analysis of of previous and existing litigation, this is, again, Lexi reporting to me, of similar policies, it is recommended that the board indefinitely suspend consideration of adopting a parent's rights policy pending the outcomes of existing legal cases throughout the state. So um, if you don't know, the state attorney general of California is already suing the Chino school district and talking about going after others that are doing the same thing. So, I I mean, I kind of want to ding the bell because that's good, but it's really, it's more like kicking the can down the road and waiting to see where the political winds blow. But at least in California, we have legal authorities that are willing to stand up and say, you can't do this. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, frustrating, but... Thank you, Lexi, so much for Absolutely. your reporting. That yeah. was great. Okay, so <laughs> I'm just going down the list here, We got Chris. a list You here, got yeah. all the things over there. Well, what's one of yours? I can come back to mine. Well, no, I, I want to talk about the living room because yeah. that's an important thing and talk about, you know, we were just talking about real estate <laughs> in terms of homes, but I know real estate is at a premium for the locations of businesses and LGBT issues as well. So there's something going on in the living room. They might be moving. What, what's happening yeah, over there? Yeah, it looks like they are. Um, so I was invited to attend a meeting at the living room about three weeks ago or so um, by a couple of the members of the living room. If you don't know, the living room is a facility that uh, tends to the needs of HIV-positive people and people with AIDS. And it's a project of WestCare, Project right? of WestCare. Yeah. WestCare runs it. Um, it initially started many, many years ago. Um, as an independent project, but it was given over to Westcare a few years ago. Um, and this meeting, there a lot of people were there, um, and a lot of they were all passionate about this. Um, I will say this: it was kind of ripping at my heart the way the the people who are receiving services at the living room were feeling because basically what they're suggesting is, and the living room right now is in the Tower District. They are they have purchased a building out by the airport, totally different. Um, atmosphere, neighborhood, all that. The buses run out there, but they stop a mile before the facility. Oh, my God. So these, the people who need to access, uh, which a lot of them don't have cars, would have to take the bus and then walk that extra mile. Now, the Westcare, I'm, be fair, Westcare said they were going to work on vans and other transportation possibilities to get people from wherever they end up at the end of the bus line to the facility. But a lot of the concern, the main concern of the people who are uh, getting services through uh, Westcare in the living room is that the Tower District is their home. And we all know how gay friendly the Tower District is. So mm-hmm. they feel comfortable there and they have for many, many, many years. And they won't feel that way out at the airport or the airport area. So why did they buy it? Is the lease expiring? Is there a problem with the, the current The facility? lease was coming up. Okay. And they also already had a building out in this facility. And they're, I believe they're renting or leasing an additional one for uh, the living room and another group. Visibility is a big concern of people who are accessing services at the living room because they can be threatened. Just by being just by being seen as accessing uh, services at an HIV facility, um, and they don't feel safe in this neighborhood, which I completely understand, and they feel totally safe in the tower. It's this is really ripping their hearts out to have to 
some of them may give up services because they won't be able to get there um, or they don't feel safe going there. Now, the latest I heard, which was a couple days ago, um, I talked to a couple of people who access services at the living room and they're talking to the EOC Community Center about having their meetings there. Now, how that all plays out with West Care funding, mm. if they'll be able to be funded through West Care, if they're not meeting through a West Care program, and I don't know, that's all up in the air. But they're so uncomfortable with going to this uh, location out by the airport that they're trying to find other services somewhere here in Fres downtown or Tower District, ideally. But yeah, it, I mean, basically, West Care has said it's over. We've we've or we're already moving over there around December or January. Oh my gosh, that's so fast. Yeah, and they the other big complaint was West Care, according to the clients of the living room, did not get they didn't notify. And West Care admitted this at the meeting. They should have mentioned it to the clients months earlier when you they think? knew the deal was happening. Yeah, and they didn't. So everybody was blindsided. They, they, they didn't mention it because they were aware of the pushback and they didn't want to have to deal with it? You know, I don't want to say that because I don't know. Um, you can... I, I don't like to... I don't right. like to pretend that I know what was in the minds of Westcare when they did this, but I know it wasn't appropriate, and they admitted it wasn't appropriate at the meeting. The that optics they are really sucky. The optics are bad. Yeah, 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 for sure. And living room has been in this neighborhood for thirty some years. So, and you know, even though the tower can have its issues, we know that the tower is for the LGBTQ plus community. The tower is our home, and we generally feel safe there. So. They felt safe to walk to the living room or, or get the bus to the living room, all that. Mm -hmm. This is a completely different animal out there. So um, wow. the clients and, are working on and it. And I'm just going to say, as somebody who uses the public transportation system in Fresno, like the buses are fine, but they're not always on time. There's always, there's right. sometimes there's issues. Or there's also, weather. There's inclement have, weather. Yeah. I was just going to say, and a mile walk. Now, I mean, I do that regularly, but not everybody has the privilege of, you know, the legs that can walk two yeah, miles. A lot of, a lot of these honest, clients are, two miles are compromised in their health. And then, yeah. and imagine it in 110 degrees. Oh, right. Or know? when it's pouring rain. Right. And then, you know, yeah, no, and no, that's, and even if you've got a van, what are you going to do? Call somebody when you get off the bus and then stand somewhere and wait for a van or like a shuttle? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's just, while Westcare said they were going to try and make that happen, they had no real timetable and they said... <laughs> the logistics yeah, of that. It's the, you, you and I both know what the logistics of that is. It's not good. It's not easy. That's awful. Because people People go at different times. Yeah, so, for yeah. sure, for sure. Well, we'll definitely keep an eye on that story, and hopefully, I mean, is there anything that can be done? Can the community? Well, like I said, the clients of the living room are trying to find alternative alternative uh, meeting spaces, but again, uh, with depends on the, the West Care's funding this. So, mm -hmm. will it be funded? I don't know. Right now, that's kind of right. we're at an unknown territory for that. West Care's position is we're moving here. We want you to come here and access our services, but the clients are saying something else. That's really disappointing. And just a reminder for those of you who might be listening and going, well, how many people have AIDS? Isn't AIDS a thing that's all solved and taken care of now? Um, no, it's not. It's, not. <laughs> it's still definitely a pervasive issue, not only in the LGBT community, but just in the community at large. And it's it, we're talking about people who can take pills to have the, the healthy cocktail. You can definitely live a much longer time there with are a side different effects quality of life. But yeah. yes, the quality Quality of life issues are big and you know a lot of times support systems are essential no matter what you're doing if you've got chronic pain if you've got glaucoma if you you know have restless leg syndrome if you have diabetes whatever you have something and you need a community 
And that's why organizations like AA exist. And that's why organizations like the living room. It's why people get together is because through community, you, you feel safe and you feel heard. And those are the people who really understand what you're going through in a way that nobody else can. And that's the mental side of it. You know, the mental mm-hmm. health side of it is you feel safe and you feel heard and you can start to heal uh, through better mental health. The side effects of the medications are bad. And again, what they're concerned about is the stigma, the stigma of coming around in a, a facility where other businesses are and being seen as somebody who's accessing HIV services. I know HIV is a completely different animal than it used to be, but there's still a lot of stigma involved to it. And people get worried about that. They really, really do. Let's see here. We want to talk about a couple of upcoming events. And then uh, I, I got an upcoming event to talk about. Can okay. we talk about that? Yes. So... Hi, Drew. I know Drew listens. Drew over at PFLAG. I'm very excited about an upcoming event through PFLAG. It's a thing that is very close to both of our hearts, which is it's called a Little Queer Library. I'm so excited. So it's going to be at the Fresno EOC LGBT Resource Center. They're going to have a bunch of queer books that they have as a library so that if the books are being removed from your local library or your kid goes to a school or a charter school or a private school and they don't have access or, you know, you just want to support this type of library system and these types of books, these are going to, it's just basically and titles. I, I went on the link, they have a link to, uh, through PFLAG of just the library and there's a scrolling bar of the books. Oh my God, they got a lot of books. They've got a lot, a of, lot great books. of books. Yeah, and uh, very excited about that. So they're having a kind of like a, a grand opening. It is going to be on Wednesday, October 25th from 6 to 8. It's a little ending library that there's 400 plus titles and uh, there's going to be refreshments and And this is at the fresno eoc center downtown downtown and i'm definitely going to that are you going to that yeah we're gonna go i I talked to drew today a message back and forth with drew and i said can we donate some books please yeah and he said of course so we're gonna donate some books in fact i think we will probably start with some of the books that we read as part of our uh, band band the most banned books in america Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yep for sure and another event coming up is the lgbt TQ plus History Swap Me. This is hosted by Quistry, which I'm on the committee for Quistry. This is happening Saturday, November 4th from 10 a.m. to 12.30 at the EOC LGBTQ plus Resource Center again. And we want you to come and bring photographs, uh, documents, share stories. We will have scanners there to scan uh, the photographs and the documents um, so we can preserve them and put them on our Quistry site. So again, anybody is welcome to come to this and and share your information your photos your stories at the eoc center on um saturday november 4th 10 to 12 30 so it's like lgbt history stuff so if you've got like pictures from a a night at the club from 20 30 years ago that that or let's say you're you are a straight person who had a gay brother who passed away during the aids epidemic and you have some memories of him that you would like preserved please bring it we just had a story abc news uh local 30 just did a great story on this and it's on our facebook page yeah so that's a really good event um and of course it's on a saturday which will make it hard for me to go because of <coughs> kickball but <laughs> how many times did you get that in <laughs> i got it in enough i got it in enough for sure for sure okay well we're almost out of time today so um real quick do you have a, a good news or a bad news or anything i got a 
Um, I, I'm petty, so this makes me happy news. I, had a, I saw some good news today. They're going to turn... Um, uh, let me get back. Where's my story? Okay, well, here, listen to my petty okay, news. go ahead. My petty news is that there's this gentleman in Florida who helped write the Don't Say Gay bill. You know what I'm talking about here? I do. Yeah, and... Oh, and he... <laughs> He's going to jail because he basically defrauded the government out of a bunch of COVID money. So. Oh, I love that story. I read that today. Hooray, hooray. Okay, a great story is the Pulse nightclub, which had that horrific uh, mass shooting uh, a few years ago, has been bought by the city there, uh, the city of Orlando. And they are, it's not final, final, final yet, but it looks very good that they're going to turn that into a memorial. For all the victims of that awful, and awful one tragedy. last thing, we didn't mention it yet on the show, but a Texas judge has ruled that it's unconstitutional the Texas ban on drag shows. So you know the judges are stepping up. Yep, they really are. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, well, I think we're out of time. So, Chris, uh, thank you again for a wonderful show. And listeners, you can reach us at it's a queer thing t h a n g at gmail dot com. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Threads. Send in your recommendations for LGBT businesses. We would really like to make sure that we are spotlighting them or LGBT-friendly businesses as well, and we'll make sure that those go into that resource thing that Chris and the community are building up. So there yeah. you go. All right, great show. Thank you. Happy Halloween. See you next time, guys. Now, Clovis is doing this subversively in a... In a Using uh, what was the name? It was of the, the school, uh, like the plan. Oh man, man, we just did it on the air too. Yeah. It was like a safety plan status thing. Site plan, site plan, site plan. A site plan. Site plan. That's what it was. <laughs>